I think your first obligation as a business person is to help your employees. I think your second obligation is to help your clients or your customers. And I think your third obligation is to help the community. Hello and welcome to the Small Business School. My name is Craig Staley, 20-year retail veteran, e-commerce practitioner, and entrepreneur. Each week, I will interview a new small business owner that we can learn from to take our businesses to the next level. Now, let's go. My guest today is Paul Samico, lawyer and owner of Samico Law Offices in the Washington, D.C. area, and author of Step by Step Achieve Small Business Success. Forty years ago, Paul passed the bar exam and immediately opened his own law office. The great thing about Paul is he's so willing to share. When someone has spent 40 years in business, you know they've learned a lot of lessons, and he packs those lessons into 30 minutes on the show today. One thing you might be surprised about is how Paul coaches his clients to grow their business. I know I was surprised at first, but I've seen this strategy work firsthand. Okay, let's get to our guest, and without further ado, Paul Samico. All right. I'd like to welcome my next guest here. It is Paul Samico of Samico Enterprises. How are you today, Paul? I'm doing sensational and thank you so much for having me on your show. It's an honor. Well, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Can you start off by giving a little of your personal background? Well, your show is only 40 minutes, right? (laughs) It's somewhere in that neighborhood. (laughs) I'm playing with you. Uh, I'm an attorney of 40 years in the Washington, D.C., Northern Virginia, Maryland area. I'm Happily married. I've got two daughters. About five weeks ago, I uh, celebrated long distance the, the joy of the birth of my first granddaughter in Florida. Wow! Congratulations. Uh, I haven't seen her yet, except for on Face uh, FaceTime. Yeah, because the COVID lockdown. You know, I can't go there, and they're not sure. bringing a baby up to see me. But uh, yep. you know, so I've uh, you know, personal. Uh, I'm, I'm a good tennis player. Uh, let's see what else. Um, I take pictures. I'm a good photographer. You know, I could keep going, like I said. You know, but. Um, Besides being an attorney, I've got another business that's a consulting business, and that's the Samico Enterprises that you mentioned when you introduced me. And I've had a, a very long history of being, uh, you know, someone who does lots of different things to try and help people, and you know, put a roof over my head. And doing business consulting has been one of them for a very long time. In, that's in addition great. to be being an attorney. Well, while we're on the subject, what would you say? Personal question here: What would you say is your superpower? <laughs> a great question. I, I like that term, my superpower. I don't have a cape. <laughs> but you know what? You know, and I think I think this will resonate with anybody who listens to it. I, I like to say that I have a very, very keen skill and that's listening. Most people they don't listen a hundred percent. They're listening and they they're thinking about what they're gonna say in response. Or or they have their own agenda that they want to get out. So they have a, a very good ability to cut off the person speaking to offer up what they want the person or the world to hear. And listening is a skill that's developed. And I'm going to tell you, Craig, over the years, I've I've gotten better and better at it. And there, there was a point probably 20 years ago where I realized, hey, you know, Paul, shut up. You're a lawyer. You like to talk. Shut up, Paul. <laughs> you can learn things when you listen. And you can be better at things when you listen. You can learn 
about the other person. You can adjust what your goal is with the other person. You can have better relationships in life and in business. And uh, it's a skill and it's something I'm proud of. You know, I, I get a lot of people who professionally, after the meeting, they, they just feel so much better because they've been heard. And, and, you know, and I'm not one of these people who, you know, likes to make grandiose statements about men and women. But in some instances, I'm going to say even my life, the women that I've been associated with, uh, my wife and my daughters, they just want to be heard. And many, many relationships, I'm aware of this, fail because the man just doesn't have the patience or the willingness to listen to the woman. And it's not about solving the problem necessarily. It's just they want to be heard. Yeah. And you know what? I think, Craig, I think we men want to be heard too. But you don't hear that as much from us, the men. But listening, that's my answer. Boy, is that a long-winded answer. That's Paul talking too much again. <laughs> well, I, I can tell you one thing. I am guilty of trying to come up with an answer for my wife before I just hear her out. I feel like I, I can solve the problem two seconds into the conversation, but they don't necessarily want that. And people in general just want to be be heard. I, I definitely agree with you. Absolutely. So you talked a little bit about owning a, a law practice for over 40 years. Can you just tell the listeners a little bit of the background of that law for, firm and how you've grown it over those 40 years? Well, by all means, I'm a little bit different than some. Um, 40 years ago, I passed the bar examination in Virginia which is, in my view, and I anybody who listen to me, uh, that's they're giving me an invitation to be a lawyer, pass the bar exam. Okay, well, go for it. And I never worked for another lawyer. I've never had uh, a job as a lawyer. I just opened my own firm in the world of lawyers. They call it hanging out a shingle. Mm -hmm. And I did lots of things. And I quickly came to the understanding that it was not about how good of an attorney that I perceived myself to be, or maybe I was, but it was about having clients because you could be the best at whatever you want to do. And if nobody's ringing your phone up or coming through your door, sure. you're not getting any work. It's cra this is ridiculous. I have this. So my law practice went from various things. I did criminal defense work. I did bankruptcies. I did divorces for a short time and realized I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. I did real estate closings or settlements, you know, where people are buying and selling a house and the lawyer you know, prepares all the papers and the documents, what have you. And, you know, I did a lot of different things and I kind of, you know, got into the field of what we lawyers call personal injury law, where I represent people who have been injured. And primarily it's car accidents and collisions and mm -hmm. people that fall down on, you know, in the, in the grocery store or on the slippery ice outside when they should have cleared it or dog bites or uh, the box fell on my head as I was walking through the store. I know. Mm -hmm. So injury claims is what I have done probably for 33, 34 years of my law practice. And with that as my chosen area of concentration, I then had to use skills that I didn't think initially had to do with a practice of law. And that was skills that are marketing. Again, because you could be the best you know, shoe salesman, but if nobody knows you sell shoes, you're not selling any. Same with being an attorney. So I started marketing my practice, and I've made five times more mistakes than I've had successes. But you know, the, a, mistake, a mistake is a learning experience, yeah. you know? and, and it just you know, it teaches you, okay, you shouldn't do it that way. You should do it this way. 
So I've built a very, very, very large practice here in the D.C. area, and uh, I can proudly say that um, you know through 40 years of employment uh, of individuals who work for me, legal assistants, paralegals, I have never, ever, ever missed paying everybody 100% of what they were entitled to for working for me. That's great. That's my main accomplishment. And I've helped lots of families and lots of people who have been involved in situations where they got injured and you know, unfortunately for some folks, you know, family members who have passed because, you know, car accident, I mean, you could, you could die. Mm -hmm. So I've got a lot of, a lot of success stories with clients, but I think in the world, you know, if you're in business, you have obligations to three groups of people. And I know I'm yammering on here, but I'll just, it kind of makes sense for what I just said. I think your first obligation as a business person is to help your employees. I think your second obligation is to help your clients or your customers. And I think your third obligation is to help the community. And I am, I'm proud. I've done all three of those and I do all three of those things consistently. Well, that's really well said. Why do you do what you do? Why do I do what I do? As a lawyer, and I'm dating myself here, I grew up watching a TV show called Perry Mason. And, you know, that was, uh, uh, that was where uh, he defended criminals and always at the last second, you know, a 60-minute show at 58 and a half minutes of the show, someone comes through the back door and Perry wins because of some new information or new testimony or mm-hmm. witness they couldn't find. I fell in love with that. I liked it. I liked the concept of being in a position where persuasion mattered. I like that. I like the give and take. I like the parry. I, you know, when I was a little kid, you know, I always was making the odd question. Well, why? Well, how come? Prove it to me. And so being an attorney kind of is just the natural, you know, progression of my personality. So I became a lawyer. And once I started doing that, I I got a great deal of satisfaction. You know, I mean, people don't know the law. And when you help them, it's like, wow. And to me, it's like, oh, that's no big deal. But to them, it's the world in, in many situations. And that that's gratifying on a personal level, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to help somebody that I never even knew existed because they picked up the phone and chose me. And then the same thing segued into being a business person and a, a consultant and an entrepreneur. Goodness, if I had to count the number of people who have helped me in my life, we would be on the phone until Christmas. Yeah. And it's it's June. I mean, probably past <laughs> Christmas. And and, you know, again, I mean, I, I just have satisfaction in helping. And if I can do that for you, it, it isn't about money. You know, what comes around goes around. I, I believe that this is a world of abundance. It's not a world of scarcity. So if I give you lots of information and help you, fantastic. You go out and you do what you're going to do. You be the, the, the hero and the savior for whoever you come into contact with. And mm-hmm. if that emanated from one little bit of information I gave you, well, you know, good. I can go to sleep smiling. That's a great so it, perspective uh, to have. Yeah. So you're, you're talking about your, your business consulting a little bit there. You had sent me your book, which I really appreciated. I started reading chapter six about the business systems because I think that's where I need the most help right now. And I, I really liked how it's laid out into kind of a, a reference book where you could read it cover to cover, but it seems like effectively you could go back to it in different sections. And I think that's what I'll do over time. But can you talk a little bit about your unique plan that you share with your consulting clients? I can. And thank you. And, and thank you for the compliment on the book. I, uh, it was a, a labor of love to put that together and it drew from lots of the experience that I've had over the, the many years that I've been doing things like that. And 
you know, again, the book, there's a legal element to it, you know, so you could be the best at what you do and you could be making lots and lots of money. But if you don't pay attention to the legalities, it could come up and bite you in the behind and the, the house of cards will fall. So that's uh, that's in that book. And I think it's an important part for aspiring or even middle of the road or even advanced business people to just make sure the I's uh, are dotted and the T's are crossed. But uh, to um, to get back to your question, I mean, you know, the uh, the thing that I'm doing with my consultants for the last couple of years, really, the foundation of it is that book. But now what I'm doing is teaching people how to get what I call high paying clients without advertising and with no disrespect to you because I've I investigated you you know I I looked to see if I could be on your podcast Craig you are an impressive man I'm going to tell you that what you've done kudos to you I mean absolutely and I don't want to step on your toes because I know your business involves websites and internet and what have you and that's extraordinarily important in today's world so I'm not squashing it or poo-pooing it but the business practice that I'm working with my consulting clients on is not having to advertise not needing the internet not needing funnels not needing landing pages and it involves getting them into a posture where they can reach out into the community and even broader if they want to and look for speaking engagements and if there are 500 groups, just pick a number, they uh, they are looking for someone to come speak. For sure. They have meetings every week, every two weeks, every month, but they're, they're screaming and dying to get a speaker. Just, there's just not enough people willing to stand up in front of a room and teach, and that's a shame. And it could be very lucrative for the people who do that. I think the expression, you probably know this, most people would rather die before they get up in front of an audience and speak. Yep. I mean, it's just people have mortal fear. And I help my business consulting clients get over that fear very quickly because speaking to a group of people really isn't hard. I teach them how to speak and how, you know, how to make a presentation. But these are, I'm going to call that the admin portions of their presentation. The speaking, they know it. They know it. I don't have any doubt that they know it, no matter what they do. If they grow grapefruits, if That's they raise cattle, right, it's their passion. They, they can talk about it. They do talk about it. They tell grandma on the phone who doesn't even understand what they're saying, but they keep telling grandma. They mm-hmm. tell their best friend. They tell their spouse. They tell their friends. They, they're always telling people what they do. So now the only difference is that they got a microphone in front of their hand and there's 20 or 50 or 175 strangers in front of them. But that's a good thing because, again, if you have the mindset that you're there and you're going to help people, how wonderful is that? And inevitably, after a presentation, there's going to be some of those people, might even be two or three or four percent, doesn't matter, but inevitably in every one of those presentations, somebody is going to be impressed. And they're going to approach the speaker afterwards and say, you know, I really like what you said. Is there a way I could kind of work with you? And then that smile comes over your face and you say, well, as a matter of fact. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's what happens. And then I become a consultant and I am able to go beyond just here's the way to speak. But I teach them how to work with potential 
clients that they would get from those presentations. And then I go behind the scenes and I help them in a myriad of ways with their business. And a lot of that has to do with some of the things that I you know, describe in my book. Well, that's great. That's a, definitely a, a good way to to get your name out there, speaking engagements and showing showing your passion for that. And you're you're right. A lot of people have the, a deathly fear of getting in front of a a crowd. I think you know everybody does at some point, and then that slowly fades away after you've done it for a while, for sure. That's exactly right. So, what would you say in your business's history was the biggest challenge that you faced, and how did you overcome it? Well, I'll go first into my law practice. I'm going to say it was within a month of my renting a small room in another attorney's suite, which was about a block and a half from the local courthouse. I met another attorney who was 30 some years in his practice and his office was physically upstairs from where I had my little office. And we started talking and then he invited me to lunch and he became like a mentor. And I'll never forget, he told me, says, Paul, it's going to take about 10 years, a decade, before you have enough clients who are giving you regular income that you're going to be able to sit back and have some comfort level about your financial circumstance, about your your financial future. It's going to Mm -hmm. take 10 years. And I was like, holy moly, macaroni. I mean, that's a long time, you know. That's tough advice to hear. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I... I imagine between now and then I might want to get married and maybe have kids. And I mean, how am I going to afford all that? And not to mention, you know, the cost of living. I mean, so I, I, that threw me into a panic. And year by year, that was just always in my ear. That was on my shoulder, a little, you know, the little guy saying, 10 years, 10 years. And sure enough, that was right about spot on. I continue to make more and more money each year. But the main thing that I had as a an issue, I guess is you know another word for what you just asked, was dealing with that. It was like, okay, this just isn't working. What am I doing wrong? And you know, as we learn in life, success isn't overnight. It is persistence. Pick a sport. Sports analogies are great. There is no basketball player who was a sensation immediately. Michael Jordan, right? I mean, he's the he's the the king of basketball, the greatest mm-hmm. of all time, in my opinion. And people would argue with me, maybe if they've never seen him. You know, LeBron James is also stellar, but uh, Michael Jordan, at his best, was you know only a thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two percent shot maker, mm-hmm. and he got to that level because he spent. 29 trillion hours in the gym shooting basketballs. Mm -hmm. It's persistence. It's a little baby step, another little baby step, and they add up. And so that is a realization. I mean, the expression overnight success, no such thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe. Pretty rare. But pretty rare. So you talked about that mentor and maybe in this question, it'll be someone different. Maybe it'll be the same person. But who do you consider a mentor, and and what do you think is the most important lesson that they've taught you? This might sound cheesy, Craig. My wife is my junior by three months. You know, she, uh, I embarrass her at times and tell people that, you know, she's my younger wife, arm (laughs) candy, but she is a professional executive in business and life coach. Mm -hmm. And she's brilliant. Her common sense, her knowledge of things, her listening ability in my view, is off the charts. I mean, I you know, I hope that every 
married couple feels the way that I feel about my spouse, about each other. But she, she's a mentor. I take things routinely and, you know, and ask her, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And we go back and forth and she's just stellar at playing devil's advocate. And more often than not, some part, if not all of my idea is modified. It's been massaged for sure. It might be, yep, okay, great idea. No, you don't think so, honey? Okay, scrap it. So, you know, I, I guess today, you know, and for my entire marriage with her, it's my wife, Susan. She makes me better. You know, I mean, it's just, she's a mentor silently, you know, by her actions and by not so silently by her advice. Well, that's great. If you could hop into a time machine and go back to the day you started your law firm right out of law school, what piece of advice would you give your past self? <laughs> you got some questions, don't you, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would have never handled divorce cases. Mm-hmm. I would have, because those really, really bummed me out. I mean, that just, you know, I'm, I'm, I take my hat off to attorneys who handle divorces. The clients are never happy. They're always complaining about each other, and they're always complaining about the bill for the lawyer. So I yeah, don't see that tough. as a win. I don't, that's, I don't get it. I don't know how they do that. They have, they have stronger personalities than I do. Perhaps I don't know. That's one thing. I would never do divorce work. And, and, you know, I mentioned that I've made, you know, five times, maybe probably 10 times more mistakes than I have had successes in lots of different things that I've done. But I don't know that I'd undo them or want to know in advance that I'm going to do it. And that's going to be a problem. Because again, I think, I think those, those were learning experiences. Wow. Tough question. What would I say to myself? And if you don't make those mistakes, I think by making those mistakes, they stay with you, you know, and you yeah. don't make them again. Yeah. You know, again, I mean, I, I, one of the things in my law practice is I open what I call satellite offices. So I try to be in locations that are convenient to potential clients. And I've had some major, major failures in choosing locations. So maybe I would tell myself, you know, to, uh, you know, to hire a real estate agent to find me the new office. I mean, maybe that would be the thing because I, I never used a realtor. I always went out and looked around and made my own assumptions about location, good or bad. You know, I mean, there's just so many small things like sure. that. Um, you know, I, like I said, you asked some good questions. Yeah, that, <laughs> that one, you know, I, I don't have a real, a real absolute answer for that. I'm sorry. No, that's, I mean, that's good advice. I mean, that's the same advice I would take for myself. If I'm looking at a legal document, I better call you rather than trying to handle it myself. So last thing here, where can our listeners find out more about you and your business? Well, okay, super. I have a book and I'd love to have, you know, people get the book because if they do, they get a half hour of consultation with me for free. So the book is titled Step by Step How to Achieve Small Business Success, but they can order it right on the website that I set up. It's stepbystepbook.biz, B I Z, not .com. stepbystep.biz. So that gets the book and it's relatively cheap. I think it's with 20 bucks or something like that. And if they wanted to reach me to talk to me, my number is phenomenally easy. Are you ready for this? 301-5 million. That's perfect. 301-500-0000. 301-5 million. It's a very easy number. I got very fortunate in being able to, to get that phone number for you know a lot of different things that I do in my business. Uh, 
in my business half of my life. So 3015million and stepbystepbook.biz. Well, that's great. And I will make sure to to link all that information on my website. So when the podcast comes out, they can check it out in the show notes as well. Paul, you've been a phenomenal guest. I really appreciate having you on and thank you for the book. I will get through it here. I've the the first chapter that I read was was helpful already and it's definitely an easy read. So thanks so much, well, Paul. I again thoroughly uh, am honored and appreciate that you let me onto your show and took this time with me and uh, extend to you too, even though, uh, you know, you may not have realized this, but, uh, you know, after you get finished with that book, you want to call me, I'll give you more than a half hour because you're now in my special circle. So you you have any interest in talking to me and picking my brain, you know, might be slim pickings, I don't know, but, <laughs> you know, I'd be more than, I'd be more than happy to, uh, to shoot it around with you and see what I can do, if anything at all, to help you. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Paul. Have a great day. Okay. You have a great afternoon. Thank you so much. I love that Paul brought up that every business owner needs to market their business. It seems pretty obvious, but Paul's a lawyer by trade. He's an extremely smart guy, but I'm sure he didn't come out of law school knowing the ins and outs of marketing right away. He learned it over time, and I'm sure continues to learn every day. You might be thinking, he doesn't need to know how to market. He can hire an agency that'll take care of that for him. I mean, that's true, but when you own a business... You better know enough about the subject to be able to ask the right questions when you hire someone or understand how to hold them accountable to producing the results that you need. Luckily, we live in a world today where you can learn how to run a Facebook ad, Google ads, or even buy billboards. You can go to YouTube in about eight hours of time. You have a working knowledge to put those skills into practice. And you can try it a few times yourself, get some practice. And then if you decide, hey, this is not what I need to be spending my time doing every day as a business owner, then you can hire that marketing agency or someone in-house to work on it for you. That way you'll have a working knowledge of it. You'll be able to hold them accountable and you'll be set up for success. If you're a small business owner or looking to start a business, join the Small Business School Facebook group. It's a private community of people focused on helping each other grow their businesses. Join the community and let's help each other take our businesses to the next level. We'll see you there. If you'd like to learn more about our guest today or be a future guest on the Small Business School, go to craigsdaily.com slash podcast for more info. And of course, it would mean the world to me if you'd click subscribe or write a review for the Small Business School in your podcast app of choice. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.